sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. It is 1 o'clock on the East, 10 o'clock on the West, and you are watching Fantasy Sports Today here live on SportsGrid. I'm Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia. For the next hour, previewing tonight's baseball games, also the latest in basketball and football as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizzapia17. We're going to get into some of the top stories of the day in fantasy, but of course, this is the big day as the PGA Championship tees off this morning in San Francisco, California, probably the biggest event on the PGA Tour that we've seen in about six months. And as it stands right now, still very early on in the first day, but Scotty Scheffler is through 10 holes right now, and he is the leader at minus three. There are also several others at minus three. I know the question that everybody is going to be asking today, Joe, is that is Tiger Woods going to have a shot to stay in this thing? The last time out, he did not fare particularly well. We're just hoping that he gets into the weekend and as it stands right now through four holes very early on, can't really make any judgments from this, but Tiger Woods is two under par. So starting off uh, one mm-hmm. of the very few that has teed off thus far, but as long as he can stay under par and continue along with some of the leaders, there's a pretty good chance that we'll have Tiger Woods on our TV this weekend playing golf. And I know that's what everybody wants to see, Joe, for sure. Yeah, it is. I actually had uh, Jared uh, Smith on from the morning after this morning on bagels and bad beats, which seems like, I don't know, like days ago, but it was just this morning and uh, had him on talking about PGA and we were discussing this and he was making a really good point, which is some of the older players like Tiger Woods. This is a different environment here uh, in Northern California than they're used to playing in uh, recently. Uh, it's not as warm. It's not as humid, a uh, very different kind of environment. And he said he was worried about uh, some of the older guys in this tournament, particularly Tiger Woods and how they might react to that. So we'll keep an eye out and see if that is indeed true, but because it was a really interesting bit of information that he gave out there that I thought was uh, useful to pass on here on FST. All right. Well, we'll see because uh, Tiger Woods off to a good start at the very least. Uh, well, by the way, is there, is there still no power there in the Northeast? What's going on? Why are you doing that show again? Well, <laughs> uh, apparently there's no power for uh, for the host of that show. Uh, and some people I know, like uh, our guests who we booked earlier in this week, uh, had to cancel and reschedule for next week. I know uh, I have power, which is good, but I know there's some communities here oh. in certain parts of New Jersey, uh, especially on the East Coast side over by the shore side. I'm not exactly sure where Scott Wetzel is, but hopefully for his sake uh, that he does get power back sooner than later. But uh, yes, uh, I am handling all the bagels, all of the bad beats, all the in-between in the interim there and trying to hold down the fort here. Keep everything running. Keep the trains on time here at SportsGrid. That's what I do. All right. So very good. Maybe you'll hear Joe again tomorrow morning on on bagels and bad (laughs) beats in this uh, five-day extravaganza. Okay, let's uh, get to our... Top stories of the day in fantasy. As we recap from the first hour, in case you missed it, the Minnesota Twins are the first team in Major League Baseball to 10 wins. They are going to throw out the first pitch in about 30 minutes from now unless a drone flies over. You never know. (laughs) Toronto Raptors beat the Magic 109-99 to last night, and that's really good news for them. We also got an update, by the way, from Shams this morning on uh, on Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers, who seems to be day-to-day, but there could be some sort of treatment program involved. I think they're just going to want him back for the playoffs 
They have about another week to go before that begins. Max Scherzer hurts his hamstring. He tells reporters after the game he thinks he's going to be able to make his next start. Of course, every pitcher has a side session that will come for him, I'm guessing, tomorrow or Saturday. So pay attention to that before you get him back in your lineups for next week. The Miami Marlins are the hottest team in baseball. They come back throwing at pillows, running up and down hotel lobbies, but yet somehow they beat the Orioles three games in a row and almost didn't give up a run for three games either as they sweep their doubleheader yesterday. They'll try to close out the four-game sweep today. As we mentioned, the PGA Championship is underway in San Francisco, and the Oakland, uh, formerly Oakland Raiders, that's going to take some getting used to. The Las Vegas Raiders uh, basically tell their players that John Gruden has COVID-19. They have all the assistant coaches on the call, and then they say, oh, we're just kidding. He's fine. We just want to show you how serious this is. That's that's what we got here today, Joe. And speaking of the Raiders, too, Derek Carr had some choice comments yesterday as well, where he feels like he's being undervalued, disrespected, and all the other you know stuff like that in between. So we'll see. Maybe we're going to get all fired up. Derek Carr ready to go. John Gruden's pretending he's got COVID. So wild times there. You would almost imagine that Al Davis is still alive and orchestrating all of this, but uh, I don't know, man. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to be a show as always. That's for sure. And look, it would be great to see them uh, really compete here in this new environment uh, in Las Vegas with uh, oh wait, no crowd. Yeah, that's a bummer. But anyway, uh, a new stadium at the very least. So that's very exciting for them. But uh, don't hold your breath for a new version of Derek Carr. I think we know exactly who he is at this point. Yep, for sure. Also, don't hold your breath in Happy Valley for fans this year. Penn State announced this morning, no fans allowed at all of their college football games this season, which is bananas considering how important fans are to get into those games. It looks like at this point, the Big Ten could be without fans. I got to wonder if the Southeastern Conference is going to follow suit or are they just going to be hell bent on having fans at games this year because it is in the South. It will be a definite interesting question in the next couple of weeks to see what happens with the SEC. We'll be back with this day in fantasy sports birthdays and this day in fantasy sports right here on FST on Sports Grid. Stay on the grid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, FST, here on Sports Grid. Today is August the 6th, 2020, and as we await first pitch today in baseball and as we wait for tip-off in the NBA, it's time to take a look back at this day in fantasy sports history. Before we do that, Joe, some real quick comments to ask you about Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, telling reporters this morning that he is quite unsure as to whether or not the NFL season is going to make it through to the end. I think that I share the same sentiment at this point. I don't think there's any question that they're going to get this thing underway. It's just getting through the challenges of the season to see if they can figure this all out. My hope is, is they take a cue from everything that they've seen in baseball. And Tomlin did allude to that in, in the column that was mentioned today, but simply put uh, football is going to have to even go more above and beyond uh, in terms of day of game, in terms of uh, face shields, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show as well, and fantasy and reality. But it just tells you that even from a coaching perspective, there is some worry there. So uh, at this point in my ever-changing opinion 
of sports and playing sports and especially in pro football. I, I think that I am on board now with the NFL getting started. My concern would be actually getting it finished. Craig has more changes of opinion on this network than I have appearances today, which is saying a lot. That's true. I can't deny lot. that. <laughs> uh, I, I, think I said I definitely, then I said not, then I said maybe. <laughs> now, now I say yes at the start, maybe not to finish. That's that's where I'm at today. Uh, I may change tomorrow. No, it's fair, and I can understand why. I don't think Tomlin's wrong either. I think he has the same concerns as some other guys, and we mentioned a quote earlier as well in the first hour of the program about whether or not these guys can all stay in line. Like you see the baseball guys like, okay, they, all they did was, you know, go to someone's house for dinner and things went awry. You know, imagine trying to police more people. Now the, the good part of all this is that you have one game a week to play. The bad news is you have a bigger roster and you have a lot of guys on these teams that are more free spirited who don't necessarily always want to, you know, follow all the rules and what's going on. And we've seen that in the NFL over the years, regardless before the pandemic, so now you're trying to ask everybody to basically fall in line, follow everything protocols, not only to the letter, but above and beyond. It is asking a lot. But at the same time, if everybody wants to get their paycheck at the end of the day, this is what they're going to have to do. And I think it's going to it's also a time to look into individual locker rooms, into individual locker room leaders, into some of the leadership at the top of some of these organizations as well. And maybe that's something we should factor in as we start looking eventually to wagering in the NFL and these preseason wagers that we can make, because maybe just maybe the organizations that have a better grasp on their players, so to speak, or they're the kind of players that they bring into the organization. Maybe those are the ones that have possibly a little less risk than some other organizations that have been looser with some of their players over the years. All right, let's knock it out here. This day in fantasy sports history for August the 6th. We'll start off back in 1952. Satchel Paige, who's made a couple appearances on the show this week, throws a complete game shutout over 12 innings at only 46 years old, something that I could do right now if I went out there on the mound for sure. <laughs> 1985, the Major League Baseball Players Association goes on strike. Of course, they also did in 1994 as well. 1998, I remember this well, Jose Canseco, the 11th player to compile 30 home runs, and 30 stolen bases in one season. A 30-30 season seems like a rarity these days. I know Acuna and Trout are in that conversation of being able to do it, but steals are just so down that uh, the value on that is almost nothing. Uh, 1999, Tony Gwynn reaches 3,000 hits. And then speaking of Tiger Woods, who's on the course right now, he's the youngest to 50 PGA Tour wins. There was a notion at one time that Tiger Woods would be the all-time PGA Tour win leader which is still uh, a possibility, but sort of in question, given the fact that he kind of was out for a few years as well. But uh, that's where we stand for this day in fantasy sports history, Joe. And certainly to me, Canseco stands out here as a guy that at the time when he was playing, and I know during the pandemic, we talked about Canseco <laughs> and his cards going up a ton just for no reason whatsoever. Uh, unfortunately, it all came crashing down when it was determined that his entire career was more or less juiced up. But nonetheless, 30 steals, 30 home runs. How many players will do this in the next few years? None? One? Maybe. It's true. Not, not a whole lot. It's a lost art form, that power-speed combination. We see guys like Acuna, a few other ones here and there, but they are few and far between. I would love to see uh, like a Coen Brothers or some great filmmaking team that could do a great dark comedy version of the Jose Canseco story. I think it's a story that we all need. I think it's exactly the movie we would all need right now in 2020. I would love to see that. I think it would just be so entertaining. I don't know who would play Jose Canseco. 
But I, I mean, what a character and what a real life character. I don't even know if he could do it justice. Maybe maybe Jose Canseco has to play Jose Canseco in this film, perhaps. But uh, the other one that sticks out to me personally on this list is a 46 year old throwing 12 innings. Uh, you made the joke earlier. Do you think you can get through 12 pitches, let alone 12 innings? 46 years old. I mean, that's incredible. What what a different yeah. world we live in. And uh, these guys weren't, you know, training for this and all this stuff. They just go out there and pitch. And I'm sure they don't have the same velocity of the guys today. And I understand the game is very, very different. And yes, the game is at its pinnacle now, just like every other sport, because you're getting the best athletes possible playing right now in this environment. They're bigger, stronger, faster, well-trained, better versus all of those things. But at the same time, it's still incredible to think back what kind of just mental toughness and physical toughness it takes to do something like that at any age, alone the age of 46. Yeah, it's 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 really incredible for you know to think what Tom Brady has accomplished at such uh, yeah. an old age. And it's just it's it's nuts. I don't care what what we're playing and, and how you're playing and what sport you're playing. It, it, it's hard enough to play golf for me or, or to you know take BP or, or train my son at baseball to think that you're going out there and doing it on a professional level is really incredible, no doubt. All right, this day in fantasy sports birthdays for August the 6th, we start off in 1957 with one of the more underrated players in the late 70s and into the 80s, Bob Horner of the Atlanta Braves. Very quiet guy, but quietly just hitting 20, 30 home runs every year while Dale Murphy was in the spotlight for them. 1965, the Admiral and Hall of Famer and NBA champion David Robinson was born. So happy birthday to David Robinson today. 1972, former Rutgers quarterback and NFL quarterback with the Jets and Miami Dolphins and now a broadcaster, Ray Lucas. He makes the board today in terms of birthdays. 1975, Victor Zambrano, really good pitcher with Tampa, involved in a trade that didn't look really good with the New York Mets, of course, when they made it. But all things considered, hey, I mean, Scott Casimir's career didn't turn out to be fantastic either. Victor Zambrano was a good pitcher. Maybe it wasn't so bad after all. And then 1995, we have Kareem Hunt of the Cleveland Browns, who certainly is up against it this year, playing in an offense that also has Nick Chubb, but certainly people like yourself, Joe, still uh, excited about the possibility for Hunt this year. Yeah, very much so. One of the best return on investments on the board, I think Hunt is, especially in full-point PPR. In standard leagues, not as much. In half-point and full-point PPR, I think Hunt still has a lot of opportunity in this offense to be a very productive player. Uh, you saw when he came in week 10, just kind of walked in there and just was pretty darn good. Uh, but, you know, the Victor Franz Zambrano thing, I remember exactly where I was driving in the car when I heard that trade come across the radio. And it wasn't so much trading Scott Casimir as it was the principle of what we got back for him. Because at the time, Casimir was this can't-miss big-time pitching prospect. And the fact that we only brought back Victor Zambrano was just another classic Mets moment yet again. And again, yes, Casimir did not become Max Scherzer. But you know what? At the time... We could have got a lot more than Victor Zambrano for him, and that's that's the pain. Probably so. I, w- I would I would hard to disagree with that for sure. Uh, uh, also, a couple of quick notes here today: uh, the Buccaneers have had one of their uh, offensive linemen opt out, more of a, a backup type option. Tom Pelissaro reporting that on Twitter. We'll keep you updated on some opt outs there as well. The darling of the fantasy season so far in baseball, no question about that, has been Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis gets his first day off for the Seattle Mariners and uh, and Joe really it, it's hard to believe that guys could even need a day off respectfully to baseball after 
essentially not doing anything for four months, but it just shows you that this baseball season, even with 60 games, uh, players are go- offensive players in particular are going to receive days off throughout. And today is Lewis's first day off. Yeah, it's the day-night thing, too, trying to get other guys in the lineup, too, because you did have the bigger rosters and trying to keep everybody fresh with at-bats. I think that's part of this equation also. And, uh, look, you know, this is just part of baseball. It's always been part of baseball now. You don't get these guys playing 162 games. That that is a <laughs> that, that ship has sailed a long time ago. Uh, the Cal Ripkins of the world are a dying breed. But, look, yeah, everybody deserves a day off here when you get a chance, uh, except me. No days off for Joey P. Nope. Nope. Uh, Rashad Melvin also according to Ian Rappaport opts out cornerback if you haven't heard of him on the Jacksonville Jaguars again a lot of names going to be rolling through between now and 4 o'clock Eastern uh, we've got to take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports today but Joe and I will be back with a lot more as we dive into the PGA Tour and certainly the latest in the NBA don't go away SportsGrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid SportsGrid.com all right thanks very much Chris and welcome back it is Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia we got you here until two o'clock on the east and we'll be right back here tomorrow at noon Eastern for another edition of the show. And uh, Joe, I know that, as you said, that you've been doing a lot of work here uh, in the morning and hosting shows in the morning and also a lot of DFS. What, what would you say thus far, as we look back on the first two weeks of the baseball season, which kicked off two weeks ago today, uh, what would you say thus far has been the thing that has impressed you most? What is the thing that maybe has disappointed you most? Um, you know, for me, I think that being in the midst of the biggest story in baseball with Miami having all the positive tests, that to me has been uh, the biggest story in, in the first two weeks. And then the Cardinals a little bit to a lesser degree. Uh, but what it, really for me, what has surprised me most is the same thing that has surprised me now the last few years in baseball, which is these young kids, Joe, who are coming up like Lewis in particular, uh, really just are showing that they don't need time to prepare. And, and I think that we all have to take a, a much closer look at what could possibly be with rookies coming up to the big leagues, because for the second year in a row, and it may not be sustainable. I understand that. And every year is different investing in some of these picks and taking shots like guys like on Robert and, uh, and Lewis in particular have really come through. Oh, sure. I mean, you just look at the rookie of the year voting last year, guys like Pete Alonzo, guys like Jordan Alvarez, Juan Soto, uh, Victor Robles. I mean, you know, there's a long list, Mike Soroka <laughs> of last year. That's just last year, guys. And all those guys were all had rookie of the year votes last year and the only two of them won. And I think what's going on is you're seeing now in the last five years, especially uh, it's gone from, Hey, these are guys to monitor to, Hey, these are guys to draft and stash to, Hey, these are guys to draft and play. And the difference is, I think a, a few different reasons for that. And I think the first thing is when you look at some of the Latin American academies you're getting right now, whether it be Puerto Rico, it'd be Dominican Republic, you're getting a, a far greater level of instruction there. So those young kids seem to be much more major league ready and need less time in the minor leagues. And I think that's kind of why you're seeing some of these minor league size down moments here going on over the next few years of major league baseball. Cause I feel like they're getting a lot of that. And then you're getting also a lot of these guys playing baseball all year round 
uh, people who are, you know, playing in these big time travel leagues. Uh, you're getting better instruction overall. You're getting these baseball academies in America now, too, where you're getting a far greater level of instruction at a far younger age and far more repetition than you used to get, too. See, that's the thing. Baseball is a game of reps, and people don't realize that. You only get four chances at a game to take an at-bat. But, you know, how often do you get those other reps hitting? You know, not everyone's able to go out there and put a batting cage in their own backyard. Uh, but what you're seeing here at the high school level, even at the youth level, and then subsequently, I think, on the college level, too, is a far greater level of instruction and competition. And what that is breeding now is a better, younger version of a Major League Baseball superstar, which is great for the game. Uh, it's not great for the minor leagues, potentially, because I think you then look at the minor league systems and say, hey, maybe we don't need a low A, a regular A, and a high A. Maybe you just need A ball at this point, and they have double A, or maybe you have an instructional league and then A ball. And I think there's definitely a way to think of that now that baseball and the business of baseball training has grown so exponentially, not just in this country, but abroad as well, that I think that's the version of why you're seeing these guys. And that's why it's okay to get excited about Luis Robert. That's why, okay, last year was excited to get uh, to get excited about Aloy Menes, which is a guy that on that list of guys, I didn't even name just now because he slipped my mind. So throw him on the pile last year. And sure, these things are cyclical. You can go back and look at the tops traded in 1986 and see Barry Bonds and Will Clark and Bobby Bonilla and all these guys. And that was an incredible year for rookies. And sometimes we have that. But the change here is these rookies that are coming up are making a more sustained impact and they're becoming priority guys. They're becoming difference maker guys. You can start, not just draft. And that I think is the big change in the last few years. And on the flip side of that, Craig, I'm curious what you think about some of the veterans who really have not had the same kind of, uh, I guess, veteran ends to careers that we were used to seeing in the nineties and two thousands without PEDs around, without some of the other things around the guys, Basically, I would say are starting to drop off quicker than we are used to in the last, I would say, 10 to 20 years in fantasy sports. Do you find that opposite trend starting to be true as well of some of the older players? Well, I mean, look, there's exceptions to every rule. And, and sure. I would say that Verlander bounced back, had a great end to his career. If this is it, Nelson Cruz is finishing off uh, a, a great career as well. A couple of years ago, Adrian Beltre retired at a, at a very high level. And so I, I think that you can find those guys who are not playing well at the end, but I think that you could probably find just as many who are continuing on and having good careers. And so I don't know. I don't know that I see it the same way as that because I feel like some guys are still going and still playing very well. And, and I don't want to give up on them just yet. And I don't want to get burned. Ortiz was another one that uh, ended at a very high level three years ago as well. Um, but you know, the, the, um, the interesting part, I think for, for me also over the last couple of weeks that I wanted to touch on here in this show in particular is that since coming to sports grid, they've basically, uh, the people in charge have told me to do the show that I do and which has been great. And I've been able to continue to talk baseball here on this show. I am very well aware that we're getting close to football time. I'm not, and, and this is why I wanted to ask you about that because normally for me, this like now is the time of the year where you have a, a pro football exhibition game and you know exhibitions are coming. You have hard knocks and mm -hmm. you have all those things that sort of gear you up for the football season. Now, admittedly for me, it's been different this time around for two reasons. Number one, I can do whatever I want. Don't have to do it. And number two, I've been in this COVID bubble for the last couple of weeks with the Marlins. 
And so my awareness just in general as to what is happening in the fantasy football community has been none. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the, uh, the flex league that you did, which people you know may not know about, but you're in a league also that's called this flex league, which I believe you won last year. So you're in that. You're in the Raz Bowl, and the great guys there asked me to do it, and I just uh, said no once, didn't respond the second time. Honestly, I feel bad for Gray and those guys, but I just didn't have time to do it. I've been really busy. So... My observation is probably not the same as as your observation on this, but I'm curious that when we do kick in football talk, which I believe I think Monday will be time to now start you know getting ready for that because a month from now the games begin. But maybe it's just that i'm I've been absorbed with the start of baseball and everything that's happened with the Marlins. but w- what would you say uh, has been the theme in in football the last couple of mm-hmm. weeks or is everyone fired up and geared up because the place that I used to work on satellite radio, they don't talk baseball at all. And I don't think that's a good example <laughs> to use. They just refuse to do it. Um, you know, so I, I don't know, uh, you know, from the other shows here on sports grid and we are just into what's I, I watched the morning after and Scott and all the other shows mm-hmm. and they're talking about what's happening right now. I don't hear a lot right. of let's, let's focus on a month from now. So I don't know. So enlighten me. Where are we at with <laughs> sure. the fantasy uh, football discussion? Mm-hmm. Where is it at? Because yeah. I've had, uh, none thus far, with the exception of the time that we had off and we had no sports, we had nothing else to look forward to. And uh, and I'm curious, since you're a lot more immersed in it, like what's happening? <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. where are we no, at? It, it's a great question. And everyone's timetable has been thrown off considerably. And I think that's the other thing to keep in mind here. Uh, I think there was a pause, to be honest with you. Uh, what normally is our second biggest month uh, for, for sales of the Black Book was not in July. Because partially the wait and see of baseball, can baseball get off the ground? I think everybody was basically on pause. What I've noticed in the last week or so since this pause has kind of stopped the Major League Baseball and we've gotten baseball and they've soldiered on through it and baseball still happening, I've seen a huge spike right away in football in August, which is the biggest month for football for the Black Book. So uh, I think that you know the combination of the economics of this country right now, so many people being out of work. I think, you know, people are looking about, do I want to make investments in fantasy leagues if they're not going to come off? And I think that's why it was so important for baseball here to get it done and figure it out and and somehow find a way to soldier on. I think that makes a lot of people feel much better about the potential of football, even though I think that football had a better chance than baseball this year. That was just me personally from the get-go. But they're seeing the NBA, they're seeing the NHL, they're seeing MLB, they're starting to, I think, get a sense of... No, I'll take a deep breath here. And I think that's very good. And luckily, you know, we're very prepared. I just did a big update to the fantasy football black book uh, just yesterday, actually uh, reloaded it up to Amazon. So it's got all the stuff about Cam Newton, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, some of the opt outs already. So the fact that we're giving people a, a, a product that you can go out there and get, and it's actually relevant. It's not something from, you know, three months ago. And I think that's the big difference of why what we do is so special. But I think the the general tone has been pause. Pause and let's see. And now I feel like people are seeing and they're starting to believe and they're starting to get encouraged. They're worried, you know, because there's no preseason games and all that stuff. But I have seen the arrow basically go like this to this in Mm. the last two weeks. And that is a a very encouraging thought, I think, for everybody here who loves the NFL, uh, that we're going to get fantasy football. And you're starting to see people get more in tune with that now. And I think that's great. I think that's very important. Yeah, for for me, it's the preseason starting. And and hard knocks. And I know that hard knocks means nothing for fantasy, but it's always kind of that kick in the you know what, like, okay, like this is getting started. Is there a hard knocks this year? Is there are they still yes. doing that? They oh, are. Yeah, it's okay. a hard when is that for both LA teams? It's uh that I know, but I thought I haven't heard a thing about it. 
Maybe I'm just uh, apparently again. apparently they're still doing it, I believe. And by the way, but doesn't it usually start by now? You, you know, you mentioned it, so I figured I'd show you what came. Look at this. Oh my. I pulled a Craig Mish. I pulled out the fantasy championship belt there it for is. you. There's your belt. It just right? came. Look at this. Look at that. Oh my goodness. An actual award. Oh yeah. An actual real award, which is way better. The real which award. makes me wonder, you know, all these expert baseball leagues we're in. Take we a get look nothing. At this. this is the real I know. Deal. I agree with you. Why don't we get one of these? I mean, it doesn't even have to be that, but it should be something. It's so ridiculous that we do nothing whatsoever. And no one even remembers. Maybe a bobblehead of the winner. Anything. (laughs) Anything would work. Anything. Something. Some kind of toy that we can pull up and look at, you know, in a moment in a show or something like that, or make a fun reference to or something like that. But I'm with you. Hard Knocks is one of those, uh, I think, demarcations. The Hall of Fame game we did not get. Everybody is out of pattern right now. People are also waiting for baseball. And trying to get, okay, let me get my baseball team off the ground before I start pivoting to my football team. Everybody is looking at that, and I think everybody's clock is just thrown off, but I can see everyone's going to play catch-up in August, but we'll be here for that. We'll be here for the catch-up in August, no doubt yeah, about that. We no, have Fabiano on think, this week. We'll have more guests on next yeah. week, hopefully, too. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it's fair. Look, everyone in September is going to pivot over. I will, too. I mean, I'm not, I, I know what, what uh, moves the needle here. But just for me, at this point, I just have... Usually, the annoying part is when it all goes over in June and July, and I won't do it. But the realistic point is now, and I right. and I just haven't like I'm watching NBA a lot and not even really thinking about it. So I'm guessing that that will change, and we'll continue to do that for you as we preview fantasy football starting next week a lot more. All right, we'll break. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As we get ready to wrap it up here on this Thursday, we are going to have Gray Albright from Razball.com on tomorrow's show as we get a full view of what the first two weeks of the fantasy season looked like. And, of course, there's a lot to discuss here outside of baseball in both fantasy and reality, Joe. And that's sort of uh, our topics uh, today here on the show. We're going to talk a little NFL. We're going to talk a little presidential uh, candidacy, perhaps. Nothing controversial. Oh, are you announcing today? Officially, yeah, I'm uh, I'm running for uh, secretary <laughs> of what? <laughs> nothing. Secretary of nothing. And then uh, a, a new uh, a new food. I, I like to talk about food here on the show because you because the unfortunate part is the the lunch for me now comes at, at uh, two o'clock on the East Coast, eleven o'clock on the West Coast. As soon as I'm done with this show, and so I, I want to get fired up for a good lunch today. So those are the three topics we're going to hit on today in fantasy or reality. Ready? I'm ready. I'm hungry. Let's go. All right, let's get it started here. Aaron Donald, who is a high-performance athlete, is basically saying that he is not going to wear a face shield. That's what he says. But, of course, we don't know the answer just yet, but let's dive in. NFL is discussing mandatory face shields for everybody in the NFL this season, regardless if you want to wear them or not. Fantasy or reality, Joe, the NFL should make face shields available mandatory for all 
NFL players in 2020? Fantasy reality. If they've tested it and the science says that it could greatly reduce the potential impact of COVID spreading, then they should absolutely do this reality. They should make it mandatory because they're protecting each other. They're protecting the players. They're protecting the coaches, the staff. Uh, I mean, why should anybody have to get sick if indeed the science of the testing proves that it is something that is viable and working? Now, if it's not, if it's inconsistent, then you can make it something that you say, hey, you know, if you want to, the results are inconclusive. If you want to do it, then do it. That's fair. But I mean, if it says it can help you and the science is proving it, then my goodness, why wouldn't you want to do that? I understand there's creatures of habit in sports. I understand certain equipment, you know, certain guys don't like certain things. I I totally understand that, you know, from a hitter's perspective, some guys don't like the ear flap. Some guys don't like, you know, the chin. There's so many different things that go into this. So many nuances of, of what your level of happiness and comfort is. But I think the first level, first and foremost, this season, if everybody wants to get a paycheck and everybody wants to show up to work and we want to have games, is about safety. And if it's proven to be safer, then yes, I do think face shield should be that. And I think it should be a reality. Greg, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think there's any question at this point, and I totally get it. And what you're saying is accurate. There are going to be some players that have breathing, and and it's very important for them to be able to breathe and not have the face shield there. But you guys got to get over this stuff. Like, you have a month to figure this out. And in terms of any technology that needs to advance, the NFL has more money than anyone. Get it fixed. Get it figured out. You're, of course you have to wear a face shield this year. Do you not see what happened last night with Major League Baseball and what they announced, which is essentially this. If you're not on the field and you're not playing, you're wearing a mask. Wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever time it is, which is what they should have done from the very beginning. And yes, it's a little bit of a convenience. I understand it. I'm wearing a mask outside too. And my son is playing golf and playing baseball and he's having to wear a mask, taking it off and on. I get it. It's a small inconvenience. This is professional sports. It's the biggest sport in the world, the most money that's at stake in the world. And I'm sorry, Aaron Donald, you're going to have to wear a mask this year, man. Like, like they'll figure it out. They'll figure out a way to have something there. Or you to, but they, you still have a month. Well, yeah, especially this, when you consider all these guys love the fashion statement stuff, right? I mean, imagine the different mask guard kind of cool things. It looks like an open, you know, some kind of shark mouth. What I mean, you know, we know. God knows what kind of thing Cam Newton's going to come up with. The, the kind of design. Right. It's going to be a nice little paisley thing. Maybe I don't know what he's got going on, but look. Come on. I mean, this is safety. This is wellness. This is protection. Just like you wear a helmet to protect your head. Uh, If you have to wear a mask to protect your respiratory system, why wouldn't you do that in this? And look, Tredavious White just came out with a a very interesting quote. You know, he talked about, you know, his trepidation with the season. And he said, hey, my girlfriend's father, uh, grandfather died of COVID. Okay, this is real for me. It's real for my family. It's real for my loved ones. So don't be taking shots at me because I'm afraid of this potential, you know, the downside of the season. And you have guys like that who have real fear. Let's take some of that fear out of it. Let's protect ourselves. It's all, like I said, like Pete Carroll said, go above and beyond here a little bit and let's double down on our efforts and not get lazy here just because some numbers in some places have gone down considerably. Let's not lose sight and drop the ball here. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Hopefully they they make it mandatory. Okay, here is uh, fantasy reality question number two for us. It is the story that won't go away. Kanye West is either in or out or around for presidency. We can't figure this out. There was some controversy in Ohio where all of a sudden a bunch of ballots his name showed up on. 
Uh, President of the United States is wishing Kanye West well, but uh, doesn't seem to be too engaged as to whether or not he's going to be running for president or not. Joe, we know that Kanye West is not going to win the presidency. We can be sure of that. The question is at this point, will he even run for president? And we can't be sure of that as well. But one thing that we're going to decipher here on this show today Fantasy or reality, Kanye West will actually appear on the presidential ballot in 2020 in some way. Fantasy or reality? Unless he's a write-in, it's fantasy. Uh, that, that's my take on this one. And, oh, man, look, look, early Kanye West is some of the best hip-hop you'll ever listen to, okay? You go back to the graduation day. You go back to some of those first albums, man. Those are some tremendous songs, tremendous albums, man. I mean, I, I love early Kanye West. And Kanye, you know, you never know when he's doing things for effect or when it's just maybe some other, you know, mental illness issues and things like that. And that's what's difficult about this because he's become a whipping boy because he puts him out there. He's all, excuse me, he puts himself out there and says a lot of stupid things sometimes and does a lot of stupid things sometimes. And it's difficult because he's such a talented artist. And at the same time, you know, he's a troubled guy. And I can't imagine what kind of fictitious universe he lives in every day between the money, the fame. The Kardashians, all the other things the guy is involved with. So um, his whole life is a fantasy right now. And uh, I just wish the dude well. Uh, like I said, big fan of the earlier Kanye West albums, not so much the later stuff. But uh, I'm going to say it's a fantasy that he ends up on a ballot. What do you think about his chances of uh, ending up on a ballot for the presidency? Yeah, I, I think in some wacky way, money's going to talk here and somewhere he's going to end up. I don't think that this story is uh, is over yet. But I'm also going to say fantasy on this one. I don't think that there's any shot legitimately that he is on it. And clearly, according to his wife, he's got some bipolar issues, which is nothing to uh, kid about. But uh, Kanye has put himself into this position with all the things that he has done and said as far as uh, running for president. I would not rule out a president in our future with some significant popularity. But I don't think that Kanye West is going to be that one, uh, at least in my humble opinion. Okay, here is our final one. We've got a new formula to make you try macaroni and cheese if you haven't had it before. And it's a good one because we all love Cheetos. We all love how delicious Cheetos are. And Joe, they're making a flavor that's going to have mac and cheese with a Cheetos flavor. So what does this mean? Well, you don't have to lick your fingers anymore after you eat the Cheetos, which you shouldn't be doing anyway at this point, given what's going on. But uh, will um, will this be a big hit? It certainly sounds tempting to me. So fantasy reality, Joe, I will ask you. You will try <laughs> the new Cheetos mac and cheese. I feel like we're back into the Popeye's days again, but let's do it for mac and cheese this time. Uh, this is a tough one. I am a mac and cheese connoisseur, and uh, I do like a good novelty now and again. I'm going to say it's reality. I will try it. I have two little kids. At some point in time, we will be in a store, and they will point at something, and every now and then I will cave, and it feels like something out of novelty that I will cave, purchase, and try, and then regret doing so. So it's a reality I'll purchase it. It's a reality that I'll regret it afterwards, I'm pretty sure. And all that stuff that you love, like the Doritos, the Cheetos, that's all MSG. That's that's basically what you love so much about it, which is funny because they always, you know, back in the 80s and the early 90s, it was like, oh, no, MSG is bad for you, right? But it's on all of those chips. It's why you can't stop eating them because basically it just activates uh, different taste buds on your palate. There's like real science behind all this. And it seems like a dangerous thing to be putting this into macaroni and cheese, but uh, 
yeah, I'm pretty sure the Pizza Pia house will get one box of this and be like, why did we do this? Why did we get this box of uh, Cheetos macaroni and cheese? I'm doubtful that the Mish household will do this and cave is a very healthy household. We, we walk the border. We like the healthy stuff and the unhealthy stuff, too. But are you going to have this in your house and give this a whirl or what? You know what? I think I think I'm curious. And mm-hmm. I was not adverse to the Popeye sandwich, as you know, Joe, when that was going on. Mm-hmm. I let it kind of take its course a little bit, and then I finally did try it, and I did think that it was good. I have not had one, by the way, since this whole thing has started, so it's been at least four months till then. But this feels packaged. It feels like I will take a shot on it. And uh, look, a lot of what we're doing right now is eating meals that we're preparing in our own house. So mm-hmm. we have had macaroni and cheese on the fly so to speak we've had the you know the little cans where you put the water in and you heat it up and go i've had that we haven't had it in a couple months but we had it at the beginning i think i'm going to give this a shot and just see what it tastes like growing up of course i was a very big cheetos fan it's not something that when i grow to go to the grocery store i buy right now but i could see myself diving back in yes reality yeah I- and I, I also I'm kind of off put by like the Doritos Loco t- Taco Bell stuff, like yeah. all the other things that now Cheetos and Doritos are in. I'm really turned off and weirded out. But they found one product, which is macaroni and cheese, where hello, I feel like they're basically tempting me and saying, come on, I know it's weird in a taco, but what about macaroni and cheese? Now, here's the real question. And this is probably more important than anything else that we've talked about for the last two hours. Are you a puffed kind of guy or are you a crunchy Cheeto kind of guy? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think mm-hmm. that the, I think puffed I became more of a fan of later on, but I I, I do like the crunchy ones too. I, I I can go for both. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think it's actually the opposite. I think I started out as the puffed kind of guy and then I've become the crunchy guy. Maybe it's the old age creeping in on me, getting old and cranky. I want my Cheetos to reflect my personality. I want them crunchy, hard, difficult. Uh, and then uh, leave you with some sort of, you know, weird, you know, flavor thing and stuff like that. Just just terrible at the end. But yes, uh, I do believe that the crunchy is the superior of the Cheetos. You know, you're a cheese ball guy. I always thought those were a little weird, too. Not you really. The, like, no, the never, never went that cheese ball thing. No, no, no one likes that. never went that They put them out. They yeah. put people going to buy those giant, like 12 pound tub of cheese balls from the store that have no brand. You remember that? Everybody had that friend whose mom put those out at a party at some point in time. Here's the cheese balls. And you're like, oh, cool. And then you eat one. And you're like, this is like styrofoam. That's just, uh, it's like yellow coated styrofoam. It's very weird. Yeah. Uh, update on the PGA tour. Tiger Woods fell one stroke back. He's minus one uh, through eight holes. And so that's, you know, sort of, you know, I, I don't know where the cut line is going to be in all of this, but uh, at this point looking okay thus far. Uh, so we'll update you on that. And of course, the shows later on in the day will update as well. Just as a reminder, for those of you who are watching our show for the first time, we also have a couple of great YouTube channels that I want to tell you about. The first is, of course, our Sports Grid YouTube channel, where you can watch all of our shows on demand, including The Early Line, The Morning After, Gabe Morency, and uh, Scott Farrell Coast to Coast. So make sure that you go over to our YouTube channel. Also, subscribe to all of our shows, including ours, Fantasy Sports Today. Turn your notifications to on, and as soon as this show is done and we go about our business for the rest of the day, the hardworking people over at Sports Grid they put it together for you so you can watch our show on demand. If you just caught the last five minutes, the entire two hours is there, usually in two-hour pieces, one hour, the first hour, and then the second hour, and they, you can watch them consecutively just by creating your own playlist which is also a cool way to watch the show. And for those of you who may not know, we also have a 24-hour radio channel going as well over on our YouTube, which is Sports Grid Radio. It used to be called 
FNTSY Radio. Not to be confused anymore, it is now Sports Grid Radio. As Joe mentioned, he's been hosting all week long on Bagels and Bad Beats. Scott Wetzel normally hosts that show, but because of the issues in the Northeast, Joe has been on that program. And, of course, Scott will be back very soon, either tomorrow or on Monday. And as far as we are concerned, we're carrying you all the way through the end of this baseball season into the football season, covering basketball and hockey as well. Coming up next, it's time for our Sports Grid 60. We get ready to wrap it up for this Thursday, so make sure you stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, we're going to wrap it up here on this Thursday. Don't despair. Joe and I will be back here on Friday at noon as we close out another week of live sports here on Fantasy Sports Today, which I can't wait to do tomorrow. Gray Albright and a whole lot more will be here on the show. You'll have to tune in and stay on the grid to see what we got. Before we get out of here, let me turn this over to Joe Pizzapia as he's got his final topic of the day with the Sports Grid 60. Joe? It's really tough right now to be a student athlete uh, because most student athletes, let's face it, are never going to become professional athletes. There's a small window of time for them to play the games that they love, and many of them do it at Division II, Division III schools just for the sheer love of what they're doing, not even scholarships. So it's very difficult to watch some of those games get eliminated, and I just want to let you know I feel for you out there and stay safe. All right, thanks very much, Joe. Uh, look, you knew this was coming, and here we are, even in the bubble. Even without anybody testing positive for COVID-19, we got players taking maintenance days. LeBron James not going to play for the Los Angeles Lakers tonight. Is this a big deal in the grand scheme of things? No, it is not. But why am I bringing it up? You have to exercise caution on every sports bet you make in the middle of the pandemic. Because believe it or not, we're still very much in it. You got to make sure that you know who's in and you know who's out, who's pitching, who's hitting in all of sports. Even without positive tests, it doesn't necessarily mean that players are going to be playing. So please exercise caution. Thank you to Chris for helping out today and, of course, doing all our updates on the show, as well as Brett producing and Danny on the graphics and everything else. And, of course, Joe Ranieri for making the show go like it always does every single day. For my co-host, Joe Pizzapia. I'm Craig Mish. That'll do it for this edition of Fantasy Sports Today. We'll catch you again tomorrow at noon, so make sure you stay right there. We'll see you tomorrow. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.